The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's show is a show after my own heart. Have you suffered from serious illness like heart disease, diabetes, cancer? Maybe you've had arthritis or dealt with depression and anxiety from a problem with a divorce, sick children, sick parents, problem with finances. If you've exhausted all available remedies, appointments, conventional physicians, integrative physicians, a host of other people for relief, After a while, you try to go to some other realm. In fact, your brain and body do go to that other realm because it's just, it's just too difficult. Join me today because I have a special guest, Mirabai Starr. I hope she finds her way in here. I don't see her on the stack here, but hopefully she'll come in from the plane, from the divine realm. She has a new book about Julian of Norwich, who is a mystic. And we're talking about the mind, body, and mystical connection and health and healing. Today's world is very common to see people say they're on the spiritual path. Are you? I'm telling you right now, this is not like the Wizard of Oz. And this is not like those wonderful, mar- those wonderful gardens at Disney World or the manicured gardens that we see. They're beautiful. They're fragrant. No, they're not. A mystical brain, a mystical life is not really easy. And a lot of times it's the byproduct of a difficult brain and life. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. But remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, and you can get this show and your favorite podcast providers as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm sure you know by now 
that unityonlineradio.org is ending mid-April. But you can catch me. You can catch me on a new show, a new network. Go to www.facebook.com, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, and you'll get uh, you'll get all the information. Or go to www.drmonalisa.com. 2009, I wrote a book called Intuitive Advisor. Interestingly enough, a foreword was written by Carolyn Mace. Very interesting. In that book, on page, I believe it's nine, I talk about all of us, especially probably if you're listening to this show, you're interested in how you access another way of thinking about your life and thinking about solutions. Because after a while, you hit the wall and you can't think your way through a paper bag. You're, you're so exhausted, you can't stay awake on earth but you also start to have a mystical awakening. You need to know that all these people say they're on a spiritual path and they want a mystical awakening. What you don't know is that night you have a similar event that many of the mystics have. Many of the great mystics have unusual brains. You know that many of the great swimmers have brains, excuse me, bodies that specifically adapted to being swimmer. Michael Phelps has big long arms that are like flippers. Barbara Streisand has a unique nose that may be adapted for the vocal quality. In fact, I don't think she's fixing her nose very soon. And so on and so on. And so the mystic the famous mystics may have had a brain and body that were best adapted to being connected to the design, divine, do you? And when your life becomes crisis-ridden, does your body adapt the very apparatus you need to connect to the divine so that you can get another perspective? And do you develop that equipment in your brain and body so it's easier to obtain that perspective, that divine perspective. When you dream at night, you have micro seizures in the hippocampus, the very area in your brain that's important for dreaming. We have REM, and whether you remember your dreams or not, it's irrelevant. Your hippocampus has little micro seizures. And they say dreams are our way of contacting the divine, to the divine getting non-linear thinking, non-rational solutions to our problems during the day. Interesting enough, mystics, whether it was Madri of Kemp, Joan of Arc, Catherine Genoa, Teresa of Avila, Catherine de Ricci, Carolyn Mace, Emmanuel Swedenborg, Anne Lee, Dr. Z, Teresa Lesure, and now this book, Julian of Norwich. They all have unique brains that a neurologist would say, I think that person is epilepsy. This chart is from a famous book that I know you all have on your um, night shelves. It's called The Neuropsychiatry of Limbic and Subcortical Disorders, APA Press. I'm sure you've said, I've read it cover to cover. All of these people have visual hallucinations where they see the divine. Joan of Arc, I heard the voice of divine. Genoa, 
has an extreme sense of another presence. Teresa of Avila had visions. Incidentally, you can't have a visual hallucination. It's not schizophrenia. If you have vi visual sight, it's not, you're not nuts. It's something different about your brain. Those people who wrote that article in that book say that when we have a mystical event, our brain uses the same machinery that we use to see stuff on earth, hear stuff on earth, feel stuff in our body. Incidentally, our brain with intuition uses the same pathways that we see on earth. We use it for clairvoyance. To hear stuff on earth, we use it for intuition, clairaudience. To feel stuff on our body, you know, our clothing and stuff, we use it for intuition, clairsentience, and so on and so on. We use the same apparatus in our brain for feeling stuff on earth, for feeling it on the vine, the vine. And the ancient mystics do too. We have a frontal lobe, a bonnet on the top of our head to block it out so we can function. You're not going to walk down the street and go, oh my God, I'm hearing the divine right here now. The divine is telling me you can't do that. That's not functional. You'll be pulled over by a cop and arrested or committed. Well, that's what the mystics did. They went, oh my God, I'm seeing the ancient pyramids where the blood of Jesus walked through. That would be it. They'd be on P6 in Portland, Maine. That's a person who has a hypertemporal lobe, the area in the brain, for mysticism, for intuition, for emotion. And the frontal lobe is not censoring it. I remember telling Carolyn Mace once, I hate to tell you this, you have epilepsy, I have epilepsy. We have a hyper-intuitive brain. The same quality can be created in anybody by a shovel to the side of the head. Might, must you reduce everything to neurology? I am just telling you. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because I don't want you to think that you're not a mini mystic. You are. But problems in your life make you try to get mystical perspective. Which leads me to intuitive advisor principle number six, because we try to get advice. Mind your mood and watch your health, because you won't, don't want just a mystical perspective. You don't want an, just an intuitive perspective. You need to also keep your feet on the ground and get an earthbound perspective to balance it, seeing physicians, nurse practitioners, acupuncturists, therapists, and so on and so on. I found that people who are very intuitive, very mystical, who work in these fields, myself included, are some of the most blunt, remember now you don't have that lid, some of the most blunt, passionate individuals I've ever met, not to mention anxious, do you have anxiety, moody, irritable, and high strung. I've been told I never win awards for diplomacy, and how I feel about something is never a mystery. And I might add, if you read about any of these mystics, they're not what you call ordinary housewives. Many of the great saints who are medically intuitive, Catherine Genoa, Teresa of Avila, Catherine de Ritchie, and Teresa Lassure, people come up to them, to the window, and go, hey, can you help me with my kids, something or other? Sometimes they'd scream, so I hear the stories. You know, Mirabai Stye is going to clear this up for me, because, you know, there's scuttlebutt on the street about this. Many of these saints were notorious for not what you'd call ordinary housewives. They were eccentric, temperamental, anxious, very direct and cutting when they delivered their prophetic, intuitive information. However, this is, the, this is the rub. You understand they could not censor their mystical 
information, their intuitive information about other people. So they felt other people's pain. They felt the pain of the divine. And it went right to their body because they couldn't censor it. As in the case with many people who were intuitive on earth, their health was twitchy or poor. For starters, many of them epilepsy and they had very reactive, complex health problems. Autoimmune, 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 anxiety, weight, thyroid issues. I'm not going to tell you about my health problem. It hasn't been a, uh, hasn't been a picnic, but I'm no saint and I'm no mystic. Suffice it to say, whenever I'm told about a medical intuitive or somebody who claims they're mystical, the first thing I ask is not how intuitive they are. I never say, how precise are they? What is their... Never. I ask, I check their brain out. It's like a car. I check under the hood and kick the tires. How do they like? Are they moody, anxious, irritable, cranky, easy to get in an argument with? What's their health like? How many surgeries have they had? How many times have they almost died? Have they never bled to, Have they ever nearly bled to death? Do they have migraine headaches, epilepsy, autoimmune problems, autoimmune problems? If the answer is yes, I just know these people are the original, the real thing. All the shamans and native healers in history. Today we're talking about mystics, but there are other people that are not just in this tradition. All the shamans and native healers and other traditions have a lot of health problems because their tendency of being intuitively, and I'll add today, mystically porous, also makes a person emotionally, intuitively, and physically reactive. So if this is you, you have to pay special attention to your emotional and physical health that tends to go down the tubes. We have Mirabai Star on line three, who is a truly, truly academic, smart. She is smart as the cows come home. She's taught for more than several decades in a university in New Mexico. I hope I don't get this right. She lives with her extended family in the mountains. She is a warm person. I've met her. She is not an elite person. She doesn't talk with these big, fancy, highfalutin words. She is a wonderful person. I don't have a big vocabulary, but welcome, welcome, welcome. Mirabai (laughs) Star, line three. How are you? Oh, it's so good to hear your voice, Mona Lisa, and, and to hear that setup. I'm fine. It's great to be with you. I hope I didn't say anything because this is not my area. I just know the brain. You understand? I don't know about mystics like you do. You're the mystic. You know about mystics. I don't know anything. All I know is that Carolyn Mace wrote a book inspired by Teresa of Avila. I know mm. about the brain's of the mystics from that book. But I don't, I mean, I read some of the original literature. I didn't read your book because I didn't get it in the mail yet because Amazon, because it's published April 1st, but pre-order it so you can get her numbers up because I pre-ordered it, but I didn't get it yet. However, Aww. of course I'm going to pre-order it. What would you think? I'm going to drive your numbers up. But it is number one on spirituality. I might add, I was looking at that because that's what we do. But my point <laughs> is, is that, Carolyn Mace wrote a book inspired by Teresa of Avila called Entering the Castle. And it's about guiding us through our psyche. But you do something different. I read the life, some of the, the episodes of Julian. Um, I knew, I found out it was a her, not a him. What an idiot. And that she was... No, not at all. Well... English mystics, I guess because she spoke English, I did not know that either. Suffice it to say, 
I was interested in looking at her accounts of her visions and then later on looking at how her brain or her experiences transformed. And they did transform. From yeah. a physician's point of view, I looked at how they transformed. They, they seemed at least, and you're going to tell me, they seemed at least less primarily visual and more um, interpretive. But anyway, tell us about Julian. Um, what's the last name? I'm sorry, Julian of uh, Norwich. Well, we call her Julian of Norwich, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the last name? That wasn't her name. <laughs> it was an idiot. Anyway, obviously I'm completely intimidated. Um, tell me about Julian. Well, um, look, you, you know, mystic, intuitive, it's all interconnected, as you so beautifully said and set up for us today. So you totally get it. And there are so many mystics. Julian's one of them. Teresa of Avila, as you said, is another. Hildegard of Bingen is another who had, you know, migraines, epilepsy, all kinds of physical, neurological issues that were not um, that their mystical experiences weren't in spite of those conditions, but those were the portals. Those were the, the gateways to their experience. So you're totally on track with that. Um, with that, and I think there are some, there are quite a few uh, psychiatrists and people who have done research on this connection. I've always been fascinated between, uh, you know, with the connection between mysticism and madness, if you will, between spiritual genius, artistic genius, and mental illness. So Madness is- madness only happens if you get untethered and lose connection to earth. It's a loss mm-hmm. of reality. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's why I ask people to balance right brain emotion and intuition with left brain, rational intellect. And they're like, but yeah. I don't like classes. I don't like learning. And I go, right. too bad. You can and you will because you have to exercise. Otherwise, you have one bicycle tire hyperinflated emotion and intuition and you have underdeveloped left brain intellect so you're going to be walking crooked oh that is so brilliant i'm going to use that from now on no but it's not brilliant it's just plain it's just plain english i don't really have i have a very big right brain on an mri and a tiny left brain i'm just common sense my point (laughs) is is that basically sherrington in 1919 or something he saw that the connection between migraine and epilepsy. So there are a lot of people, there's a spread of excitability across the brain. So there are a lot of people that have um, migraine headaches and there's more, there's more, there's more. And that is, Mm -hmm. is that migraines are associated with changes in estrogen and um, seizures are influenced by changes in estrogen because estrogen is a cerebral irritant. And many of them get better once the person, um, I was going to say is fixed like a cat goes in the menopause mm-hmm. if you want mm-hmm. a cat to get rid of their seizures you fix them oh. and, and so a lot of women um once they go through menopause their migraines get better suffice it to say i noticed that julian norwich's um episodes changed as she got older just yeah. looking at the okay. data do you understand yeah. what i'm saying didn't matter. Yeah. She still received the emails from the divine, and right. it was the same. And so, therefore, people would come to her and ask her for stuff. That's what I meant by she put up a folding tape, ta- a folding table and chair by the side of her house, and people would come mm-hmm. to her because her instrument was created like 
um, Barbra Streisand, people still ask her for private audiences to sing. She doesn't do um, concerts anymore, but they, so Julian of Norwich and these other people would see people privately. She still has the apparatus, even if she doesn't have these major drag down, pass out mm -hmm. events where she's incapacitated. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes, totally. That's just brilliant. Same thing happened to Teresa of Avila. Okay, so a let me start with Teresa. Estrogen or menopause. Estrogen. Wow, fascinating. Is that, am I wrong? <laughs> No, it, I'm just thinking of my own body and how well, then things this have gotten more all integrated. These, all these people online who are waiting on phone with, that they should be paying attention to and they're taking notes. Well, they tell us their gifts. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, your problem right now is out of control. I want you to know that your brain and body is being shaped for mysticism so that you're going to say, well, I'm going to wait like Teresa Vavila. I might not be a Teresa Vavila, but I'm going to wait. Because then things are going to get more in control with the correct help on earth so that I'm going to be able to use these gifts. Yeah, more integrated is, is what happens. Let's see, you have those so big words, sense. integrated. There you go. There's the good word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try, to, I'll try to be more common. No, no, uh, no. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. That's a good word because hmm. that makes, makes sense because that's how you don't get mentally ill is you integrate yeah. it into the rest of your psyche. If you don't integrate it, that's what multiple personality disorder is. You get fractionated. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Integration is Fraction. a good word because otherwise you have all these problems because you're not able to integrate it into the rest of your life. Yes, and your body. Yeah. And your body. Okay, good, beautiful. Well, so just a quick aside because I, you talked about Carolyn Mace and Teresa Vavila. So in that book, Entering the Castle, she used my translation. So I'm a translator also of Teresa Vavila. So from Spanish to English, 16th century Spanish to English. And that's how Carolyn and I met. And that's how you and I met was through my translations of Teresa Vavila during that time when Carolyn had just come out with that book. So that's just a fun little aside. It's all interconnected. That part I did not mm -hmm. You know, that's the only book of Carolyn's that I've ever read. Wow. Do you want to okay, know Okay, well, all her all was passages, yes. I was afraid that people would think that I copied her, and I didn't want to do that. So I was afraid. You didn't want to be influenced. I didn't mm. want to see how you said influence. You're so un-Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> we just say that's what I meant by honest. People would say that I copied her, and I didn't want to do that. But the thing is, is Teresa of Avila, the castle, was different. Somehow I just opened it up and I read it because you can't copy the divine. It's footnoted. Mm -hmm. Because even Trips of Avila would say, this isn't me. This is divine. The divine is talking with me. Just, and that yeah, leads me Julie. to intuition. This isn't me. And anybody who works in the field of intuition, if you don't say, if you say it's you, you're so great, you think you're all that, you don't get it because you're not footnoting the divine. You ha you're plagiarizing <laughs> the divine. You have to understand <laughs> where the gift comes from. That's Beautiful. Why you, I'm serious. So, Mirabai, just tell us briefly about um, Julian Norwich, because then I'm going to have you back on my new show, because I want okay. to take these callers, because we're, at 528, they're going to take us, and we're going to go into commercial land, because I want All these right. people let's, to understand how, people, how these mystics incorporated difficult health, but their genius associated with it in their lives. That's what I want this to happen. Let's, but anyway, tell us a little bit about it. Julian of Norwich. Okay, 14th century England. First, she's the first person to write in English, first woman to write in English, 
And she lived through the plague, the time of the plague. It was just sweeping through Europe, so that's taking like COVID. down everyone. So that's like COVID. It's like COVID. So exactly. everybody who doesn't want to leave the house now, there are a lot of people now, who because there's a lot of anxiety in um, people, even before COVID, who had agoraphobia. And so now the biggest probably problem with COVID is not COVID. It's leaving the house. Oh, so I can relate. I know. So you and the thing is, I was under a um, ventilator for a week and a half during spinal surgery. I oh forced my myself God. to. Oh, it's a long story. We, you and I have to talk. Can we talk? The yeah. thing is, is that yeah. I forced myself to go out because many people who are intuitive or mystic have anxiety. Too bad. I'm going out because yeah. I have yeah, to go out. Sense. My point is, is that she was in the plague, which is a kind of um, kind of a COVID, but yet she yeah, lived. Yeah, the pandemic. Yep. Right. So, but she almost died. So it really, it's to your point, Mona Lisa, she had an experience on her deathbed. She had a near death experience, an NDE. Um, we, it wasn't from the plague because everyone died of the plague if they contracted it, but it was something. She was dying. I think she was dying of a broken heart because she lost so many people she loved, including oh, most probably um, a husband and a child. I've lost a child, so I know how that grief makes you want to die. Some of you listening know what I'm talking you, about. You lost, you lost so, a child? Yes, I lost a child in a car accident. So, Julian, only because you told me I have a minute and a half. I'm sorry. So no, what I'm, saying, that, what I'm saying about that is that tells yeah. me a lot about you. How many years ago did you mm. lose your child? 20 years ago. So when I met know, you, it had been pretty recent. But the reason why that's important is because why would someone study mysticism if they hadn't had their hole blown open because they had to that's need right. mysticism if they hadn't had that problem? They would have been drawn to yeah. mysticism even before that happened because they would have known they needed it. Yeah, exactly, intuitively, because I had, I had what I needed to survive. I don't know how people do it without... A strong spiritual and also creative life, an artistic life. I had both of those, so it was unbearable. And that's why I relate to Julian. She's lying on her deathbed. She just doesn't see any reason to live. And she, as she's taking her last breath, seemingly, she has this breakthrough vision of Christ, and Christ uh, reveals himself to her. Originally, suffering on the cross, but eventually transforms into the divine mother and oh she calls God. him stop Christ stop stop mother. stop stop hold on a second so you mean to tell me she loses a kid yeah she's i think so. we bed. don't know she for can't... sure i know but you understand so then she's losing a kid you've lost a kid julian yeah. is lying on bed she's feels like she's dying and the divine <laughs> shows to her she sees somebody dying on the cross and then the divine mother appears to her and he becomes her, in fact. I understand. So my point is she's shown a different way of being a yeah. mother. Yeah, that's and right. You, and you are all reading this. You, Missy, who's lost a child. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So do I go on or are you taking, taking calls? No, I'm not taking calls. I'm listening to you telling me this story okay. about you and Julian of Norwich, <laughs> who I can't tell which one so, is who. Keep going. Oh, yeah, it's a commercial. I can't. Everybody's going. No, we want to hear more. And I've been interrupting her. You know what that music means. We want to come back and want to hear a little bit more of this story before we take the calls. And you've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa.
Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Obviously, I'm going to have Mirabine back because we were talking a lot during the break, and I don't like to do that because you people listening out there in radio land probably hearing everything we say, and you're like, why can't we hear that too? And the answer is you can't because the show would be two hours long, and you're saying, well, why can't it be two hours long? Because it can't. So one of the last things we were talking about is during significant loss in her life, and she described it, and I kind of gave a pat answer, one of those classic things when you go to an intuitive and they're like, it's a pat answer and it might be clever, it may not be. And I realized you can give a person a mystical input or intuitive input into their suffering, but it doesn't fix the physical pain. If you've lost your husband, you've lost your child, you've lost your breast or your arm, Losing a child is like losing your heart. Someone's saying, well, you know, this was meant to be. Or I remember my Aunt Nancy, when she lost her husband, Tony, a nun came up to her and went, well, Tony's with Jesus now. He's in a better place. (laughs) My Aunt Nancy goes, well, you can go to hell. (laughs) And we just said, that's the Valium talking. No, it's just people try to do the best. You don't want to have intuitive diarrhea of the mouth, and you definitely don't want to be a mystic from hell. You just have to be <laughs> sensitive <laughs> that you, you have to learn to have some frontal lobe function of shut, putting a shut to the up, as Medea would say. So we're going to have Mirabai back, and hopefully she will also, but she's going to stay on and do uh, these calls with me, but she's going to hopefully embed the wisdom I'm going to try to pull it out of her intuitively implied in each one of these readings. We will have Amy, line one. Amy, you're 50. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is Mirabai Star, because she is one. I'm sure people have said that before, and I'm going to be an idiot now. Amy, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is Mirabai. How can we help? Hi. Uh, I've been listening to you, and I've written down some things, most notably that I've had an increased anxiety, um, medication, weight gain, and decreased okay, energy. Stop, 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 stop. Hold on a second. Did you say increased anxiety? And that, what was that little medicine thing sticking in there? Uh, medications, increased medications. What kind of medication? So my doctors have me on blood pressure medication, ADD medication, and anti-anxiety medication. Okay, hold on a second. Um, 
Are anxiety medication like stimulants? I mean, ADD medicines uh, like stimulants? Yes. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say what I see, okay? All right? And then Mirabai is going to add in, okay? okay. And um, I want you to understand that neither one of us are having a physician-patient relationship. We're not doing psychotherapy, okay? Uh-huh. And we're not telling you to get off your medication, okay? Correct. Okay. How come all of a sudden you sound older? You sounded very young at the beginning of the call. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. The first thing I see, what you do daily for work doesn't use all your gifts, talents, and skills, and that's been an issue. You've either been traumatized with that, you either felt criticized, judged, that's been a big issue. The other thing is, um, I know there's problems with focus. I know there's problems with anxiety, and anxiety can have you have problems with focus. But if you take stimulants for, for focus, they can make you more anxious. Like taking a lot of coffee can make you a little very nervous like this, very nervous like this. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You go, yes. I know. I get serious and go deep. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, and if you've had a history of trauma, even before the problems with the job, which can cause you to have anxiety, and that can get played out in work environments, that makes it all harder. So it's best to have all of that teased out. Because if you go too high in the rafters, with mysticism, you're not going to be able to sort out close up what's tr past trauma, what's a brain style with focus and attention, and what's anxiety that would be made worse from with stimulants. Because if you add mysticism above that, you're doing what I call the mystical bypass procedure. If you do too much meditation and too much mysticism, it's like those people who call themselves Aurora Borealis. They have even more of a problem focusing and paying attention because they're too out there. They're even less focused and less grounded. Mysticism is out in the ethos. It's not on the ground. And trauma makes people leave the ground and dissociate. Did you have trauma in the past? Yeah. Okay. That was very slow. Well, I've had a lifetime of trauma. Okay, I know you did. And I'm using my words very closely. And have you had trouble okay. in work environments? I have. Okay. And um, Mirabai, what do you have to say? <laughs> so many things and also nothing because this is not an area of expertise for me. And I wasn't expecting that this is what, what we're going to talk about. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Okay, let me um, structure it. What do you Thank think you. about somebody who's had a history of trauma has trouble focusing 
um, paying attention and has had anxiety and has difficulty functioning in a job is using mysticism as a first or second line solution um, very effective? Okay, so I will try to address that because my idea of mysticism might be different from what you're saying. To me, a mystic is not someone who's off the ground or off the planet. Mysticism is simply about having an experience of the sacred. And it's always my first line. It's always my first response. And if I'm lucky, and it doesn't take me, dissociate me in any way from reality, it just lights reality up with a kind of beauty that okay. it doesn't ordinarily have. So for me, everybody's a mystic, and everybody has access to that that beauty and wonder that can light up reality when we open our hearts to it and orient toward it. Okay, you use big words. Is that correct? You I don't left- think so. Okay, you do. You have a left hemisphere. You were a college professor, university professor? Well, I was a, I, I was not a very good academic. I've always Can been I, an I, artist I, and a I, lover. Stop being self-deprecating. Were you or were you not a university professor? Yes. Thank you. See that? See, this is difficult. Uh, mystics are self-deprecating. They put themselves down because humility is what the divine likes. They can't stand someone who's narcissistic just in the event you care because the divine is all that and you ain't. Okay. So now you are an academic, correct? You were or are. So oh, that yeah, means you, yeah. okay, you are, you're very academic. You know, all this I just stuff. reject, I rejected it. So that's why I have it. I know, but, yeah, but you can still I, do it. So you were able okay, to go yeah. to work, show mm-hmm. up when your clients were there, your students, and you were able to give them assignments, right? Yeah. So you functioned in a job. Oh, yeah. I've always been very functional. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you had bosses over you. Yeah. Who sometimes said things that weren't effective and fun to hear. Right. So what I hear with this woman, Amy, is go. that I don't know about the the trauma part. I just don't know anyone who hasn't experienced some trauma. It seems to be baked into the cake of being a human being. But what I do know is what you say, Mona Lisa, about anxiety being one of the, just the attributes of of a mystical personality or, or a mystical temperament is that I don't think there's a day in my life where I don't feel anxious. And I, all the mystics I love that I've read about when I've read about their lives, they too were just kind of highly strung and cared what people thought okay. about them and had their feelings hurt and all of those things that I do. And yet I think that I just have learned to not believe everything I think. Okay. So well, I'll have that wave of doing, anxiety. You have humility. Um, Amy, are you there? I am. Okay. The difference is, all of us at one time have a tragedy or crisis in our life when we implode that we can't function. We can't work in the job. We can't block yeah. out what the boss says. Is that correct, Amy? That at times you've been like that? Yes, there are times I've been like that. I look at your head. I look at your neck. I see a change of range of motion in your neck. I can't figure out if it's difficulty swallowing or what that is. I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. Your mind goes around and around and around and around. 
I can't figure out if you've been in a car accident, hit your head, or been in a situation where someone was um, very angry and lost control. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. I look at your heart. I wonder if it feels like your heart skips a beat or adds a beat. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. Somebody near you or around you, they used to smoke or inhale something. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. At one time, you used to have problems with body image issues, blood sugar issues, insulin issues. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I see an upset feeling in your stomach. I wonder if it's hard for you to be in certain environments, crowds, closing spaces, public speaking. At one time in your life, you had really difficult skin. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Uh, just that I've gained a lot of weight, and I feel That's like my hormones are a wreck. Um, Amy, um, were you around someone who was violent? Not necessarily. What was the most angry person you've ever been around? Uh, probably my dad, but it was aimed more at my mother. And he's not angry now. Okay, wait a minute. And what I know, we're not talking about now because it doesn't affect you now. It affected you then. What was the angriest thing your father did to your mother? Uh, I think he was physically. That's what um, I'm talking about. Dead. Physical. And have yeah. you ever been in a car accident? I have. Did you ever hit your head? Actually, shattered my pelvis. There you go. Well, you shattered your pel pelvis. Did your head hit anything? Well, they th yeah, they thought maybe I had injured my neck, but okay, because that's a problem with the right side of your neck, and there may be a problem with focus and paying attention because your head. Because if you have a problem with your neck, if you shattered your pelvis, then it may aggravate your head, make it hard for you to pay attention, and make it worse for you for anxiety. Are you following me? Yes. How old were you when that happened? At 13. There you go. You need to talk to whoever's giving you those prescribed medicines about that. And that's them. maybe you need a neuropsych eval to evaluate that. Okay? Okay. That may make you brain injury and things like that may actually make you have more capacity for mystical states. Okay? Yes. However, I we, go ahead. There was a time that I was really connected, um, but in the last couple of years, I've felt a lot of depression and felt like I can't. I know because you have not seem to get connected. You have problem. You have changes in estrogen and progesterone. Progesterone is stabilizing your brain. Estrogen changes, and when estrogen changes, it, it's harder for this kind of brain. Okay. Your brain can get more fluky. You'll have harder. You have more problems with anxiety, and you'll have more problems with um, focus. So you need to tell your doctor who's prescribing those medicines. Now I understand why the stimulant might, a small amount of stimulant might help, but you need to tell them about the injury and you get an evaluation. But your brain could give you access to the divine because it, injury removes some of that frontal lobe filter, but you need to learn skills on how to get the foot on the ground thing. Okay? Okay. Okay. You can learn all the mystical stuff that um, Mirabai does. 
and learn not to interrupt like me. <laughs> I try, I try. However, that's going to help you, okay? Good luck. Okay. We're going to try to get Thank everybody you. in here, or at least some. We'll go to, because we got a lot of people who are honing in here, and we need, they need to hear Mirabai and me not interrupt. We'll go to Connie Line 4. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is Mirabai. How can we help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. I called you for a private reading about seven years ago. I think it was when I first started listening to you on Hay House. I had um, had a cardiomyopathy, and I had a dysfunctional relationship going on with my daughter, which was uh, very upsetting to me because most of my nuclear family, my mother, my father, my brother, were all deceased. And our reading really helped me a lot. You helped me to see that I really am a very highly sensitive person, and that's why I can feel people's energy and take it on so excessively. Well, I think I grew as time went on and Hold have on gotten a second. better. I have to tell you this. I'm so sorry to interrupt okay. you. It's so important. Okay. Mirabai, can you tell me vis-a-vis what this lady just said? about Julian Norwich's image on the bed after she lost her child. Yeah. Yeah, whether we lose our children to death or just lose a you know, have a ruptured relationship with them, there's no pain like that pain. So when Julian was seemingly dying and the priest came in and held a crucifix above her head and said, Well look into the face of of the Lord while you're taking your last breath and you will go straight to heaven or whatever the Catholic um, or the Anglican vocabulary was, she had, Christ came alive on the cross and showed her his immense suffering. And she felt his suffering in every fiber of her own body. It was like her, his suffering was hers. She, the, the love was so strong. But then he kind of magically but gently transformed into the Divine Mother and Christ became the mother, and, and she called him Christ the mother, who just radiated unconditional love. The reason why I bring this up um, is is because, and I just obliterated the name, and my, I have no memory for names. I can't see the name. Mm-hmm. It just it went uh, out. What is your name again? I'm so uh, sorry. It's Connie. Connie, I'm so sorry. Connie, is that okay. when we're in our most desperate, devastated state, the neurochemicals in our brain change. Our hippocampus, the area for focus and attention, does not work. The amygdala, which connects to our body, does. That's the area for spirituality and connection to the divine. And what happens is we go in an altered state, like near death, foggy. And in that state, which they thought she was dying, she connected to the divine like and, and showed that she connects to people suffering like you do. That's why it reminded me of that. You, can, you feel people suffering, correct? In Absolutely. They call that the stigmata, that you carry people suffering and you carry their cortisol, modern day words, in your body. Suffice it to say then, like you're suffering on the cross for them. That's the mystical explanation. So you carry or feel their suffering. And then the image was corrected mystically as if it was an education on a, on a chalkboard. Okay, this is how I want you to correct it. Then the image was corrected and showed a better way of being, quote, the divine mother. 
It was like the divine was showing, okay, so now you did it this way, you get yourself sick, or you, it's easy for you to get sick by carrying people's pain. Now I want to show you a different way, how to be a divine mother. Absolutely. Do you see that, yes. Connie? Yes. I can't tell you. Yes. I have a problem with my, I can't tell your voice from Mirabai's voice. So I'm all kafluxed here. <laughs> Now, I got Mirabai in my right ear and Connie in the left ear, and I think I'm losing my mind here. But do you understand what well, I'm saying? Well, the doctors asked me when I had my broken heart syndrome heart attack, did you have stress this day? Did you have lots of anxiety? What was going on? I was like, no. And what I realized, it was just a buildup of emotions in my body, and it just got to where I could not take it any longer. That's cardiomyopathy. Cardio- um, that's, that's a, a broken heart syndrome. That's right. So yeah. um, that's a mouthful. I'm not that smart. It's just that I end up saying it 9,000 times a year to 9 million women. That's not an uncommon <laughs> problem. So um, yeah. how can we help? Well, after I had my reading with you, I started going to acupuncture. Western medicine had me on about 14 medications, which were horrible. And I got on Chinese herbs. I started doing more meditating, exercising. My health improved greatly, but I found as time has gone on, my mind is still overly active. So I began using wine at night to help myself relax. Because you're medicating and the then anxiety. I started. You're medicating the anxiety. Yes. You're medicating yes, exactly. anxiety medicine. Keep going. What else? Yeah. Well, my doctor tried to put me on Klonopan, but I did. I started reading the inserts on it, and I thought, okay, I'm old enough now. I don't want to have dementia and all these other things from the. It causes um, confusion. Klonopan is interestingly an anticonvulsant, but that stabilizes the brain. Suffice it to say, you need a brain stabilizer. So, did you get off the clonazepam? I did, but then I started using wine, and then wine turned into uh, tequila on on the rocks with ice. So at night that I could try to shut down my brain, and then I started gaining weight, and then I said, hey, this is not working. Which can lead so to several months cancer. ago, I just stopped altogether, and you now can't. I'm just fat and no, miserable. No, 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 uh, excuse me, where is she? Where is she? She lives about 30 minutes from me. How is she doing? She's very unhealthy. Okay. She's very unhealthy. She's been on drugs since she was a teenager. Okay. okay. She this got is... hooked on oxycodone and okay, so her understand. thyroid shot. Okay, this yep. is what I want you to do. First of all, now, now you know that you carry your pain. Her problem okay. is third chakra. It has to do with addiction. So that has right. to do with irresponsible. You have a hyperactive right. responsibility gland, and we now know you have the stigmata. You carry it. So you're not yep. learning the divine thing. Okay. She is a higher power, meaning a divine mother, and you ain't it. Got it? Okay. Right. So okay. the only way you can learn that is you have to learn something like dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT. Notice I'm grinding it right away, grounding it right away. Okay. You can learn about the mystical mother, the divine mother, but then you've got to learn how on earth to do it. Okay. You understand? So you're going to look up. I do. 
dialectic behavioral therapy or DBTS is a class based on Tibetan Buddhism and mindfulness. How to be aware of her pain, observe, describe, allow, allow. The thing is you're still intuitively keyed into it. It makes you anxious. You medicate it with food, alcohol, tequila, (laughs) clonazepam. Yes. (laughs) And then the thing is you can't. You can't just stop because you're still hearing it. Why don't you come right. into my house after I've done a reading? I have to either build something with Legos or do something. Now it's Pox and Recreation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see the house That's I'm a good one. Legos. It's right now it's close to the ceiling. We're going to have to put on the second yeah. floor. You're going to have to do that. DBTS helps you regulate emotions that if you pick up someone else's anger, you get anxious. You learn how to regulate yeah. your anxiety when they're angry or guilt. Mm -hmm. However, they don't really say it's intuition. They just say you feel guilty. But in your mind, you're going to hear intuition, empathy. Do you get it? Right. Absolutely. We have one minute left, Mirabai. What would you say to someone who has empathy that's run amok? You know, I feel like a lot of people, the patriarchy, I'm just going to say the patriarchy has taught us that we're supposed to medicate those feelings away. But the mystics invite us into the very center of the fire, you know, to feel our feelings and not turn away. And that's where the transformation happens. I'm not saying people who are dealing with psychotropic or whatever you call it, those medications should get off them. That's not what I'm saying because I don't know. But I do know that allowing ourselves to completely enter in to the experience of what we're feeling is where our liberation happens. Well, the dog is also saying whenever a dog gets online, it's another person (laughs) who's adding. Mm -hmm. I don't know whose dog it was, but the dog is saying. That was mine. (laughs) I know it was. The dog is an intuitive advisor or divine, and they're saying, if you get sick and die, you can't help your daughter. So you need an earthbound skill to help. The dog said all of that. See how good that dog was? I um. I speak fluent terrier. I just want you to know that. That's another side of it. <laughs> well, yes, that's the Yorkie right there. <laughs> I, I are Yorkies terriers? Yeah. No. Yes, they are. Oh, we'll see that. I did not know that. Anyway, so does that help, Connie? It does a lot. And I thank it, you so much for taking because, my call. No, see how sweet you are? You're very responsible, very grateful. Your daughter has some developmental problem. Like cerebral palsy, palsy, it's a personality palsy. It's a weakness. And so we wish her that while you stay alive, you have to do this. So you'll always be her mother. Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming me and Mirabai Starr. And please buy her book, her new book by Julian Norwich, Norwich called The Showings, out April 22nd. Buy it, run, don't walk, and get it now. I want to thank you for listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. This is Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast 
to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.